Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robe be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul, unclean, oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Yes, we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Once again, that is salvation God's way and God's plan. Only His plan would be successful. Man's plans seem to uh, go awry, don't they? They don't seem to last, do they? The creations of men don't seem to last. But God is an eternal God. And the life that He gives, it lasts forever. It is eternal life. Now, recently we have been talking a little bit about trees in the Bible. I love trees. God loves trees. God uses trees and has used trees all through his book. You know that other than God and people, trees are mentioned more than the Bible in the Bible than any other creature. It's amazing. In the very beginning in Genesis, God created the tree, the fruit-bearing tree, with its seed within itself, you'll remember. 
so that it continued to produce trees. In the midst of the garden, you'll remember, was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We saw last week, and we'll just repeat a couple things that we talked about last week. We saw last week where Adam and Eve, before the fall, before they disobeyed God, they had an active free will, and they exercise that will by choosing to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God had, as we all know, told them or gave them a promise, if you eat of that tree, that very same day, you're going to die. Now, you and I are here, so we know they didn't physically die, but they died spiritually. They lost the connection they had with God where they would walk in the cool of the day among the trees. The tree of life, which grew in the midst of the garden, alongside the stream or the river, and Genesis uh, names those rivers. David and I were talking about those rivers the other day. There's significance there. And if you stop and study, you you will see more and more. Uh, As you study the Bible, you realize that it all perfectly fits together. There are all kinds of things that are, if you'll uh, excuse the word, hidden in the Word of God. They're there. And as we uh, study the Bible and we come across these things, we realize that they all point to something significant. And that something is the sovereignty of God Himself. He is the Creator of all things. None can stay his hand. He met with Adam and Eve in the midst of the garden at the tree of life. The tree of life represents Jesus Christ. You go over to Revelation and you find a tree of life. And it's growing in the midst of a river of life that flows from where? The throne of God. Again, I'm not saying Jesus is a tree, but he's represented by a tree, a strong tree, a strong uh, tree set by the water of the rivers of life. All right, when Adam and Eve partook of the wrong tree, they did die. They were separated from God. They used the leaves of a tree to cover up what they perceived as their nakedness now that they had gained some, at least, knowledge of good and evil. And the leaves of that fig tree covered their nakedness in their sight, but not in God's sight. That is the case with human beings a lot of times. The good things that we do, they cover up the bad in our sight, but not in God's sight. Now we return to what I said earlier. God has a specific means of saving his people. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We sang it. In the garden, after Adam and Eve had partaken of the wrong tree, God covered their sins. He covered their nakedness, and he did so by shedding innocent blood. Right then, he provided a way for the return of the communication and the life that they had with God. 
and the walk that they had with Jesus Christ. When God killed that innocent animal and clothed them with those coats of skins, it represented Jesus Christ and His bloodshed. He was innocent. He never sinned. He was impeccable. He was perfect. He had to be to qualify for you and me to die for us. It was as good as done. That's how God's promises are. If God has promised that He will never leave you, that's as good as done. And that's how it needs to be in your mind and heart. He will always be with you. All of His promises are perfectly solid and true because they rest on a foundation of perfection that Jesus Christ only lived. All through the Bible, there are trees everywhere. We're just going to look at a few of them this morning. Tree of life, of course. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Adam and Eve partook... i got to go back again. I'm jumping too far ahead. When Adam and Eve partook of the wrong tree, this is where I was going a while ago, they lost that act of free will that they had to choose God or not. They lost it. We have a free will, but it's bound by a sin nature that we each have within us. In other words, in Genesis, God said... When he drove the man and the woman out of the garden, he said, Now, lest he put forth his hand and take of what? The tree of life. Who is it that through whom we have a connection with God? It's Jesus Christ, isn't it? Absolutely. Represented by the tree of life. All right. Now, in the wilderness, after the children of Israel had been released from captivity in Egypt, they came across some water. And this water, the water of Mara, it was bitter. They were about to die. We, we can't live without water. You know that. Your bodies, I think, well, we've got some medical people in here. Ninety-something percent water, right? you got to have water. This water was there, but it didn't contain what they needed for life because it was bitter. They couldn't drink it. But God chose a tree. And he showed Moses the tree, and he said, Take this tree and throw it in the water. Moses obeyed God, and there was a change made in the water. That water now, which wouldn't provide the life they needed, through the hydration, now it does. Because of what? A tree that God chose. A tree that God chose. Noah built the ark. He built it out of a specific Wood. Who chose the wood? Who chose the tree? God did. God said, use this particular wood. And that particular wood, through research, we've found out is a lot like our cedar or our cypress. It's resistant to bugs. It's resistant to water. God chose the tree. God knew that tree was resistant to rot because he created the tree. He created the tree. Noah, when he opened the window... And was letting birds out to find out if the water, if the earth was still covered with water. What did the dove come back with in her mouth? An olive branch, a part of a tree. And it let Noah know that life had returned to the earth. God had wiped it out because of sin. Rightly so. He saved those eight souls and started over with new life on the earth. 
In Exodus 3, 2 through 5, we see that that Moses was standing barefoot in front of a burning bush, a tree, a tree on fire. But it didn't burn up. He had to take his shoes off. Why? Because God was there and he was standing on holy ground. That's why. Representative of God. The Lord Jesus was crucified, but he rose again. That bush was burning, but it lived again. It continued to live. It didn't burn up, remember? It wasn't consumed. Proverbs 3.18 tells us that wisdom is as a tree. Jesus is as a strong tree planted by the waterside. He is represented by the tree of life. From the very moment Jesus Christ was born, men tried to kill him. From the time he was born, they tried to stab him. They tried to stone him. They tried to throw him from a cliff. They couldn't drown him. He'd just get up and walk away, wouldn't he? Because he walked on water. There's only one thing that could have killed Jesus Christ. There's only one way that he could have properly died for your sins. You know what that is? It's on a tree. On a tree. Why is that? Because the Bible tells us that cursed is everyone that dies on a tree. You see, it was me and you who were cursed. He wasn't. He was perfect. He didn't deserve to be cursed. But He chose to be. And guess what? He chose the tree. He grew the tree that we crucified Him on. He chose the tree that we crucified Him on. He had to be cursed for you and for me. See how perfect God's plan is? He doesn't miss a thing, does He? Of course not. He's the Creator of all things. He had to be crucified on a tree. If he had been stabbed, that wouldn't have cursed him, would it? No. If he had been stoned, that wouldn't have cursed him. If he had been thrown off the cliff and broken to pieces in the sight of God, he wouldn't have been cursed. The Bible tells curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. God turned His back on His Son for you. His perfect, holy, righteous Son for someone like me and someone like you. That's amazing, isn't it? You want to talk about love? That's as strong as love gets right there. The love of God. And He's shown it to us through His sacrifice. Turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Alright, John chapter 3 and verse 22. John three twenty-two. After these things came Jesus and His disciples into the land of Judea. And there He tarried with them and baptized 
And John also was baptizing in Aenon near Salem, near to Salem, because there was much water there. And they came and were baptized. For John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came to John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that is that was with thee beyond Jordan to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Amen. John knew who Jesus was. They didn't recognize him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But a friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. That was John the Baptist. He was the friend. And he proclaimed from the beginning, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not him. I'm not that prophet that you're looking for. But behold, that's him. There's the Lamb of God walking right there. Remember that? And he baptized him. So John says in verse 30, He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He's describing Jesus the man as God. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly. John the Baptist was a human. He wasn't the child of a miraculous birth where no man was involved. And he's proclaiming that here. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. In other words, he was God. He had the full power of the Holy Spirit. He could have used it for a lot of things. He could have used it not to go to the cross. But he intended to be hung on a tree and to be cursed for you. And by doing so, he paid the price that God demanded for you to live. He fulfilled all of those Old Testament prophecies, didn't he? He did. He must increase, but I must decrease that's quite a lesson that John the Baptist is teaching us right there if we'll just think about it things true in our lives isn't it yeah what God wants in us and for us must increase we now have an affinity for him we want to draw closer to him right well if you're drawing closer to one thing you're drawing further away from something else aren't you now something else is ourselves, our humanly, our human desires and loves of the flesh and of earthly things. We are earthy, like John the Baptist was. Oh, but like John the Baptist, we proclaim, "Behold, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ." Lift up His name. There is no other name by which we must be saved. What a Savior we serve this morning. What a Savior. Over in John 12, we read these words. 
John 12, 23 says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. When he says the Son of Man there, he's talking about himself. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. It's interesting that when the leaves die on a tree and they fall off, they lay down there on the ground and, and they become compost. And the tree feeds on that. He that loveth his life, verse 25, shall lose it. What was I just saying? He must increase in us. We must decrease in us. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Remember God's promises? They're eternal. Your life is eternal because of what He did for you on the cross of Calvary. If any man serve me, verse 26, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He came to this earth and went through what He went through for the purpose of saving your soul. What a love He has for you this morning. Father, glorify me, verse 28. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Oh, God the Father was pleased with His Son, wasn't He? Do you want God to be happy with you this morning? To be pleased with you this morning? Then you need to be found in His Son. Because that's where His pleasure lies. Verse 29, The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. That was the voice of God, wasn't it? Others said, No, an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. In other words, he had connection with God. He could hear God without an audible voice. But for their sakes, God spoke audibly. Verse 31 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This, he said, signifying what death he should die. He was lifted up on the cross, wasn't he? That's exactly what he was talking about. You remember the serpent in the wilderness? The serpent was, was biting and killing the Israelites in the wilderness. And what did God tell them to do? To make their own serpent, a brass serpent, and hold it up, lift it up. And when those bitten looked at it, they were saved. They were healed from the poison that had entered their body from the serpent. Jesus Christ must have been lifted up. He had to be lifted up. And when we look to Him for our salvation, we're cured, aren't we, from the poison that has entered us from the world. What a Savior. It's interesting when you look at the trees in the Bible and then look at trees... Dave and I have been cutting trees down over at our house and dragging limbs and burning them for a while. And that's kind of how I got started on trees. Some of you ladies have gotten a ring for your birthday before, haven't you? You know that God gives every tree a ring for His birthday every year? 
every year. When you cut a tree down, you can count the rings in the tree and it tells you how old the tree is. So God gives the tree a ring for his birthday every year. It's amazing. When you look at the anatomy of a tree, the bark protects the inside of the tree. There's another layer that takes water and nutrients up into the tree and the fruit and the leaves. We are to be like a strong tree set by a waterside. And spiritually, that water is the water of life. And this is it right here. The Word of God. Oh, the psalmist says, Cleanse me and I will be pure. Won't you look to Him? He is the answer for whatever your issue, problem, circumstance, sickness, confusion, whatever it is that you're facing, Jesus Christ already knows the answer and knows your need. Oh, let's look to Him in all that we do. Praise the Lord for the Word of God.